Hello, hello, hello. I hope you guys didn't miss me too much. I've been away for, you know, the holidays. I wanted to take a break, but welcome to episode 36 of This Blonde Can Talk About Anything. This week, I have a guest, like I promised, just before the holidays. Before I get to that guest, I just have to, you know, do a little quick thing here. Um, So <laughs> a lot of people are expecting me to do an episode about, you know, Antonio Brown's behavior during the Jets game and the fallout and subsequently how he treated Tom Brady. Um, and I'm not going to do an entire episode on that. And the reason is I um, personally have been, you know, treated ex- extremely kindly by Tom Brady and I have absolutely nothing but respect for the man. And I'm just going to say this, and that's going to be the end of it. Tom Brady is a person who has done things for me for whom I cannot do anything. I don't have anything that he needs. So I'm just going to leave it there. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, or maybe you're one of those people who's sitting there asking yourself, um, you know, this question. Who the hell is Antonio Brown? Is that the, hold on, is that the football player? Then I strongly urge you to do what he did and just type in Antonio Brown on Google and it will give you all the information that I have zero interest in talking about because Mickey freaking James is here. I mean, she's not here physically, but we had a really interesting um, chat. I mean, it's not an interview. You know, we eased into it. It's like we just started talking like, you know, like girls do and we eased into it and we talked about wrestling music and, you know, a lot of things that you may not have heard before from Mickey, which is awesome. And yes, I made sure that we covered that Trish Stratus stuff that you guys were asking about. So I don't think you need to hear any more of an intro from me. I am just going to throw it to my, let's call it in conversation with wrestling legend, uh, you know, country music superstar, um, Mickey James. I like to interview and talk to people that who have like, you know, inspired me in some way, not necessarily, um, you know, I'm an actor and what you do is essentially there is a component of it that's, you know, is acting. Right. A huge so, component, I think. Yeah. I, I think, think bigger than people give it credit. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think so too. I think that, um, you know, obviously some of the best characters are always an extension of our personalities turned up the volume turned up I think but for me uh especially that you know the character with Trish and like that stalker type of things I had to really (laughs) delve into okay what would a crazy person what would a crazy lady do in those situations and I did take like acting classes when I was in developmental I took like a course down there in Louisville just to kind of brush up on because it wasn't I always studied on the wrestling side. I didn't really study on the acting side. And it was like, actually, this is a huge part of it, a huge, huge part of it, because you have to believe what you're doing um, out there 1000% in order to make other people believe it, you know? So, right. That's why I'm I'm not trying to, you know, bring him into this, but one of my favorite characters is, you know, Baron Corbin, because he's actually very opposite of that character. He's so kind and so like, just loving. And like one day we were chatting and he's like, you know, I took an acting class with Howard Fine. And I was like, okay, so you took an acting class with Will Smith's acting coach. Like, how did you do that? And he's like, it was just an accident, but he's so good at selling. I'm an asshole. Right. And you're kind of good at that too. You played like a really, and Chelsea, you and Chelsea, you guys play really good, like bad bitches, which I, which I love. Speaking of, of Chelsea, um, so you recently revealed that there was supposed to be like a Trish type storyline between you and Chelsea and they nixed it. Um, yeah. I, well, when you say like, oh, there was supposed to be, there were definitely, it was pitched and I thought that's what, you know, we had been told, oh, that's what we're doing, but we got there and I guess it didn't get up the ladder. Like it didn't get all the way to the top. It was just weird how it all went down, but it was pretty funny. I mean, I thought it kind of all just, uh, we, we actually teased it on the internet just because I thought it'd be funny because it was already not going to happen or whatever. It was like, um, just to kind of play on, because that's what Twitter is for, honestly, <laughs> on entertainment. Um, but yeah, so it, it's kind of weird. I think that her, the, you know, to, to be able to recreate that whole story, it would have to be special and it would have to be with the right person and uh, how you would do it to make it unique in itself again. You know, that's really because if it's just kind of copycat, copy and paste kind of stuff, then 
it's just going to be a watered down version of it. Whereas if you can kind of take in different elements and play the same story with different, you know, because it would have been very interesting if I was more in that Trish role and someone else was being more in that Mickey James role, but Mickey James would also have been there. And she knows that person too. And she's like, just because I don't act crazy anymore. doesn't mean I'm not crazy, you know? Yeah. That, that I think that would have been a great, there's so many, yeah, like there would have been different like little elements we could have played with. Yeah, it would have been fun. But I know. mean, who knows what the future holds because you and Chelsea are both working with um, NWA and Impact now. Yeah, and, and she's and doing you. so great too. She's doing so much. She's showing up everywhere. So. Yeah, well, I was curious about that because you, you're you pre-produced the the knockouts, the Impact, Empower, sorry, mm-hmm. where Chelsea actually won. And I was so excited about that because when she was with, you know, WWE, she didn't get like, she was kind of, you know, taking scraps. And then here you are, I was like actually watching that live when you like announced it to her and she just totally freaked out. And I love Chelsea. We're super, like we've chatted so much and she's been such, not just an inspiration, but somebody who was willing to show up for me in ways like she's Canadian, I'm Canadian. And she'll like message me periodically and be like, don't let anything fucking stop you out of nowhere. And I'm like, you are such a like amazing human so when you pitched that I was super intrigued by like why what is it that you're seeing in Chelsea that you think other people might not be seeing um well I just think that she had so many false starts and it really stinks and I've been on the other end of that of the false start after false start and it's frustrating and it can get it's not a her talent or anything. And even when we had talked about having that type of character, it was because of all of her awesome work as the hot mess and impact that Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, this would be amazing. It'd be so different. It'd be fun to do with her because I already love her as a human being. She's an awesome girl, but then to be able to play this fun role and to like introduce a new character. Cause I was kind of also thinking about, okay, at that time, my exit strategy and more into, I do, I did want to like parlay more behind the scenes and, but, and I'm not huge personally. I'm not huge on player coach. I'm not huge on that role. I think it kind of blurs lines and it also um, makes people uh, second guess your motives as to why you're giving advice that you're giving or whatever, because it's, you know, everybody at the end of the day will still want a shot at the title or whatever else. So it's just a real careful um, place that you have to kind of be to be in there. So it's like, well, if you're going to, if I want to transition, I want to be able to fully transition and to have that right thing to then, you know, go play behind and, the scenes. So, but, and now yeah, you're the champion. And now I'm the champ. Again. I am the champ again. Again. I think again. rightfully so. Thanks. And I mean, I, I know disrespect to Deanna Parasso. I think she's so talented, but I just think that, you know, you, you, this is what your 10th championship. It is. Yeah. That's insane. That's like, like television championship, um, in like notable companies that have championships and, you know, it's cool to come back. It's been cool to come back and do something, uh, pretty powerful. I think with impact, I think also, uh, for me to be able to bridge the gap and have the empower show. And that was the first thing I really did for, for the wrestling audience coming out of the gate. Um, and to do that with so many girls and it was just a great night. It was just such like good energy. And, um, it meant a lot because I think that, uh, it just showed what a lot of how much talented women we have out there, but what we can do when we all kind of come together for the same cause. And, uh, it was cool to see all the, you know, doors or whatever that had kind of been opened and to play in the same space and I really just thought it was a really great night for everyone to celebrate their women um so uh yeah that was cool but then to be able to do all the business on impact and to come back there at Slammiversary and then to be able to have these incredible matches with Deanna who I think she's extreme extremely talented I've always said that I was like she's one of the best I've ever been in the ring with she's really really good you know and um yeah so we've been kicking ass and I I appreciate that and um I just appreciate being able to because it's cool to be able to come back and there's also like Gail who's leading the locker room who I adore and she has so much respect back there and the girls just look up to her so much you know um and it's cool that she has like a strong opinion in those meetings and stuff it's just it's just cool to see how far we've come 
you know? Absolutely. And that's across like all industries. My personal mentor is a writer director. Um, you know, she's Oscar nominated for Curious Case of Benjamin Button. She wrote Matilda, which everybody knows and loves that movie. Yeah. And when I met her, I didn't know who she was because as an actor, I never really cared to know who like writers and directors were. And then when I found all this stuff about her, I started looking her up on the internet. And then I found out that in between the film that I had met her on and her last project, 20 years had gone by, but she's been writing and writing. And now she's getting all this stuff, writing and writing. And she's like, I think 70 in her seventies now. And she, she keeps telling me like 20 years ago, it was like, you couldn't, if you were a woman, you couldn't get your foot in the door. They want you to put a man's name on it. So right. it's really, especially in wrestling, which is a male dominant sport to begin with. It's amazing to see women like you who have climbed, you've climbed the ladder. You started at the bottom and you climbed all the way up and you're like, okay, here, let me pick you. Like, let me reach down and bring you up with me, which is super important. Yeah. I mean, I did an acting class with, um, with Kevin Spacey who like, you know, for all the disgrace that there is, he's a great actor. And he has this famous saying that he would always say in the class, when if you if you get to the top, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. And it seems like you really have like just so much humility. And it's it's not even like force. It's just very beautiful. It's just who you are. So I love that that you're doing that and that you're bringing all these girls up with you and not with you, but um, like you're you're giving them a platform that they didn't necessarily have before without saying, well, look at me. Do you know what, I, do you right. know what I'm saying? Well, I would hope so. I hope so. I think that's always... Um... Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. A long time ago, someone's like, well, you know, you just want to be able to give back to the business in a positive way, you know? And um, I've always, I I mean, obviously you, you, everybody has different motives when they're breaking in or when they're trying to achieve and everybody, I, that's why I believe you can have whatever you want. Like you were saying earlier, like whatever you say, um, I mean, no, it was Charmel earlier. Sorry. No, Charmel. Okay. Whatever you say, like whether you believe it or you don't believe it, it will be like, that is the truth. Like whatever you say that you are, if you say that you aren't, you're both right. Like no matter what you say, because you can have whatever level of success that you really, really want. And it's about how much you believe in yourself and the amount of work that you want to put in and the humility and being told no, which is a hard thing on your ego to be told no a lot. And that's why a lot of these actors and actresses and stuff you see, they make it like some of them, they have, they don't make it till their forties, you know, now. And, um, and I can't imagine how many times they had been told no before that big breakout moment. So, um, yeah, wrestling has been fun and I've learned, had to learn a lot, you know, and I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning. And, um, I just kept my, you know, I just, feel like I had a good, um, I was really grateful because I had so many people that I could learn from along the way. There was like, I did a lot of camps and dojos and stuff like that, but I would always pull like the legends aside to try to get them to watch my match and pick it apart. And I never wanted that advice that was like, Oh, um, Oh yeah, it was a good match. Cause then I'm like, "Mm, you're just being nice. I don't want lip service. Like, no, I know it wasn't good. Like I know it was probably just below average but I need to know why it was below average you know because I'm just like constant even now I'm the worst watching my matches back I think we all are if you ever watch your matches back or if you're at that point where you're watching it back and you're going like oh god that was awesome I'm awesome I don't know I feel like that's not a healthy place to be because I don't do I don't I'm always finding like nitpicking every little thing apart so it's interesting that you Sorry. So maybe I'm just a crazy lady. I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think genuinely, if you really, if you really want something, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like you'd bring it or whatever, because like that mentor that I was talking about, I had this crazy idea that I love Brian Cranston and I watched him, you know, growing up. And I was like, I wish I had a dad like that when he was on Malcolm in the middle. But instead I had the dad who was like, you're too fat and you're too stupid and you can't be an actor. And I was like, yeah, well, F you and I'm going to do it anyway. So I went to this film festival. I made my mom wait all day. And I'm like, I'm going to meet Brian Cranston, except I've never been to a film festival. And I don't know that there's 10,000 fans here. And this woman, (laughs) she crosses the street and she's like, I think you're very beautiful out of nowhere. And I'm like, who are you? And then that's how I found out who she was. And she was like, give me your information. And I didn't realize that just in that moment, she had already decided that she was going to put me and Brian in the same room. And I didn't know. And like months went by and she's like, Hey, I need help with my social media. Like, I don't understand it for this film. 
And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm so down to do it. And I don't want you to pay me or anything. And she was like, no. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to pay me. And so I went to New York on a Friday night and she walked me up to Brian. Like, and I sort of for like a half second, I was like, what right do I have to be in this room? And then (laughs) I walked, I stood in front of him and I didn't have like, nothing was shaking. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. And then to what, to, to what you were saying, Brian actually told me, you know, I worked in this business for 30 years before anybody knew my name. And I was 50 years old when a paparazzi jumped out of the bush. And I was like, okay. And he was like, never quit. Like, just keep going. Yeah. And it seems like you've, you've adopted that as well. And you're, you're teaching that to, you know, people who are coming up, who sometimes I think it might feel easy to quit. Especially in wrestling. Well, it's hard because I go, and maybe it's just because I feel like everybody has their own story and everybody has like Mm -hmm. levels of toughness, but you know, it just, my grandmother was a huge, like, especially with riding the horses and stuff like that. And we competed and we trained and um, it was hard, you know, and if it fell off the horse, you had to get right back on and resiliency and humbleness and not being afraid to fight through the rejection or to fight through, um, you know, being told no, or being told that you're not good enough or not good enough yet. Like it's, it can be a blow on your ego. And if you can't handle that, then you're, you can't handle this business or you can't handle that type of business. Or even in the music, you know, I try to cross over into music, even in music, the critics are the first people that come out. And so you have to have either thick skin or a fast thumb for a block button because you're going to get it. (laughs) But the reality is, is you don't get haters until you've actually done something impressive. So if people are hating, then you're doing something right because people, unless it's not the right type of hate, you know what I'm saying? If it's just jealousy, like little green eyed monster hate, then you, then you're doing something right. And so just keep pushing forward. Um, But it is, it can get hard at, at times. It's a lot of tests and that, but that's why um, not everybody makes it because it is very testing, you know? And I always say like, you'll get it when you're ready, you know, at the right time, at the right time. And when you have enough faith and your faith matches up with your purpose, you know what I mean? Like in yourself. And so, and that's when it happens. So when you decided to like, sort of make this transition, transition, excuse me, from, you know, wrestling to music, were you like terrified? Um, no. Um, when I first did like my first big concert, like when I'm opening for, um, like big and rich, or uh rascal flats rascal flats i did that and i did like this i got one of the first big things i did was uh this big music series in nashville it was for my very first single um and yeah i mean little big town was there tim tebow was there i got only got to sing one song because kent wells the guy that produced my first album was it was for his son it was a um he was like a big charity event at the wild horse saloon, but that was like my first thing performing in front of people singing. Um, and I was terrified, absolutely terrified, but not to go like going in the studio and going to Nashville to like write the music and record the music. No, it was so freeing because I'm getting all these like words and thoughts and ideas and experiences that I had put in my little, you know, thing out in, and now it's, I'm seeing it come to life and get like the life come into it with the fiddle behind it or the different pieces of instrument. And it just is like, this is amazing. But then they go to put it like perform in front. Of, I felt like I was starting in wrestling all over, but at like, instead of a hundred people at the armory, um, we were working, you know, there was probably, I think about 3000 there people there. My first show, it was insane. And I was terrified, but yes. And I'm still terrified every time I go up on the stage. Like it's a different type of, because it's a different type of um, emotion. I think that you go off of rather than adrenaline and, and wrestling. I'm, I do have confidence that I know I'm, I'm good. And I have confidence when I'm going out there where music, I still kind of, the confidence is key. Like that's what, I don't have the same amount of confidence. I think, I think it's also because you're so vulnerable, you know, it's a different type of vulnerability. So, yeah. Interesting because when I was younger, like a lot younger, I used to sing country music and I used to sing competitively and I did well, I was really good at it. But then um, I, you know, I was doing that for, till I was like maybe 10. 
and my my teacher thought I was great. And I loved being on stage. Like, I think my whole family thought for sure, this is what I was going to do. And I had my, my grandpa would play like tapes of me singing Shania Twain in the car all the time. Like he just loved it. And then my dad, when he died, he was like, this is really fucking stupid. So I stopped and, and I, now I can't sing now. It sounds like a cat in heat or something, but I love acting. So that's okay. But the, 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 yeah, I was super comfortable on a stage, but when there's a camera that's close to your face, it's like, uh, can you like, can, can you smell my breath? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry that your dad did that to you. I, um, my stepdad used to drink a lot. He would, he, um, I love him. God love him. They're, him and my mother aren't together anymore, but he did, he drank a lot. And then so I have a very similar story, which is why I didn't pursue singing at a younger age. So these were songs that I kind of just wrote and put down, but I never really thought I was a singer. I tried and I would record myself at a young me as I'm trying to find myself, you know, adolescence and A side, B side recording myself. And I remember there, and I probably had been in there practicing for probably, I don't know, two hours straight of Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. And at some point my stepdad lost his mind and he came back there and told me it was horrible. It sounded like dogs howling. Please stop for the love of God. Stop it. And I did not record myself. I, after that day, I, the only time I sang was in my car with my sister by myself for like when I wasn't around the vicinity of him. And then I was more self-conscious and I stopped singing all the time. But before that, I sang all the time. So it's, it's crushing to know that like an experience like that. And we don't even, I'm very cognizant of that as a mom now Mm -hmm. of like the things that you say and how that can like, just, I remember that. And it was like a really trigger thing. And just even you saying, it was like, I remember that and how I felt. And I was just like devastated. It was devastated in that moment because, so I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'm not, but I'm just saying, I, I understand how that felt, but no, it's just like, it sucks because um, especially when you're, when you're, you are trying to figure out who you want to be and what you want to do. And you're going after all of these things, um, as, as children and, and even as adults, like something like that can really rock someone, you know? And like you said, you just like stop singing, you know? So it's just like, it sucks. That sucks. Yeah. And you're I think my mom was, at it. my mom will say that, oh, you can still sing. But when I hear it, I'm like, this is like, no, stop. But I loved it. And my mom, she would like always be the one to, you know, drive me to my singing lessons. And if it wasn't her, it was my grandpa. So my grandpa was like literally in that dad role. And I always talk about him on my show every week because he was just that influential on my life. And so um, he had asked me, like, if it ever happens, like never stop singing. But I, um, I just wanted, you know, my dad. And he was like, no. And then I, you know, I was like, dad, I want to go to wrestling school. And he was like, no, like everything I wanted to do was stupid. And then when I, when I got, you know, to 18 and I was like, he was like, you're going to go to college. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not because I can, I could go to college and maybe you'll, you know, you'll decide that you care or I could go do this acting thing and know that I didn't let that, that man down that was there that was doing your job. So that's what I did. And, you know, I ended up, we don't, I don't have a relationship with him today and that's okay because this time it was my choice. Like he tried to, and I was like, you know what? He was like, I'm still not proud of you. And I was like, I've been in Quentin Tarantino's car. Like you will never get to where I've already gone. So you can stay there with your small, small mind, small town mentality And I'm just going to keep doing this and I don't need you. And then like, I'm hearing you say this and I feel like that this is a beautiful, you're like a beautiful inspiration for all kids who have been told that they can't do something because look where you are, not just in, in wrestling, but also as a musician, because a lot of people don't know this, but you have quite a few, um, like you're an accredited musician, like you're an acclaimed musician. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I have um, some like a songwriting song, songwriter of the year um single of the year uh for the native american music awards mm-hmm. and i have received like the jim thorpe award which is i was the first woman native american woman to um receive that award uh as far as an athlete um and i was so yeah i've been really grateful about that i'm very blessed about that because i would have never thought that like i write songs um and I've gone through a journey with it. Cause I think when I first came to Nashville, I came with this collection of songs that I'm like, Oh, I want to just record these. I was already a champion 
on television. I'd made my, my dream, but this was also another dream. And I think I'd finally got the courage to lay down these songs. It was like a little inner battle within me where I'm going like, I'm, I'm wanted to always do this and I'm going to lay these songs down. I don't give a shit if one of them sells, right? Like, I don't care if anybody likes them. I don't care if they end up as coasters for my mom. I'm going to lay them down just because, so I can say I did it because if I don't, then I'm going to kick myself forever, you know? So I did. And that's how I met Kent. And that's how I did my first full album, which had like three, four songs that I wrote. And we had a collection of other songs um, that went out and I put that song out. And then I got picked up by by, um, E1 Music Nashville and put out the second one, uh, which had a couple songs that I wrote on there, but it was more coming from like a label directive. So even in this like little time span that I've actually been in the music business and now I went and I put out some stuff um, with, um, Garrett with SMG and that's where I got the yin yang twins duet and all these different opportunities that and I started to delve in more in that like kind of the crossover from rap and uh country to uh, rock and country and just kind of see to find my own thing and now I'm at a place where I'm like I just I have my own label um I put my own music out what I want to put out what I'm writing. I don't have to answer to anyone. If you don't like it, you don't have to download it or let's face it. Nobody's really downloading it anyway. They're all streaming it for free. So hopefully you just add it to your library for me. That'd be cool. But if not totally cool, because I did it for me, not for anybody else. And it's just, it's a different place. You know what I mean? Could you take back power a little bit? So it's cool. It's fun. So I hope you know, I just, yeah, I like people. Uh, you always want that one song to hit. Like it'd be killer if a one song hit. But at the same time, I'm like, all my last songs that I've put out are, I'm like, I'm very happy with all of them. And the cool thing is, is I wrote them all, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference rather than a collection of 13 songs on an album. And I only wrote three of them. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, the other songs are fun to sing, but I don't have that same eno- emotional connection with them as the ones that I wrote, you know? So, yeah. And it's yeah. funny because I always go into these interviews with like an objective. And the interesting thing is, is nine times out of 10, I meet somebody like you who says something that reminds me of something that I need to be doing. Like I've been working on this. I've had this idea for a screenplay for like, I don't know, my whole life about um, just, I had such a, a close relationship with my grandfather that was, it was so like, my mom says my baby was born and then five minutes later, my dad stole her because we were so close. So I've yeah. been wanting to tell his story for all this time. But then I shelve it because I'm like, who wants to hear this? Who's going to want to care? Who's going to, you know, and my mentor and Brian, they're like, you know, just make it. And even if nobody watches it, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, and I'm making an excuse. And I'm like, I can't do it. And then they're like, well, why? And I'm like, because like the only person who could play my grandpa is John Goodman and I can never get John Goodman. And then you got like, you know, Brian over here going, you don't know him, but I do. And like, these people are willing to go up to like bat for you. I mean, like, okay, you know what? You're going to do this uh, union minimum job because this kid is like obsessed with, you know, making this story. And what you just said, if I tell that story and no one listens to it, that's okay. Because if I put it out there, I'm sure at least one person will see it. And if one person remembers that some weird grandpa went to daycare with me, uh, then he doesn't, he, he lives forever. And that's what you did. And with your music and everything, you have made yourself and your dreams and your, um, the way that you're inspiring people like me and other people that's going to live forever because long after you're gone and I'm gone, somebody's going to hear something that you said to me that I said to, you know, whoever, and then that keeps going. And I, sometimes it's so easy for me to forget that because I so focused on, oh, but he's dead and he's not going to see it. So what's right. the point? But now right. I'm see- every time I hear something like this, it's, it's making me want to sit at the computer and start typing. It's not going to be good yeah. the first time, but so thank you for that. I appreciate um, that. That's just Are you a computer writer? I'm not good at computer writing. <laughs> I'm um, a paper writer. I prefer pen and paper, but for screenwriting, you have to format it a certain way. And so I'm lucky that my mentor and her husband are both screenwriters. And so they'll tell me like, (laughs) your formatting is wrong. Like you don't have to tell the people to turn the light on. And I'm like, well, it's right. I used to write essays for fun. Like I used to love, I wanted to go into journalism, Mm -hmm. but then I'd be sitting next like this all the time. And I want, I want to be out there making people laugh or smile or cry or whatever, because I have found personally that when you're the most down 
and hurt. It's people like you on TV or, you know, a, a film or whatever. That's what really draws you back into yourself. And then you're like, okay, I'm all right. Like I'm not alone, which is interesting because sometimes it's people that you never get to have, you know, even this much uh, access to, and you never, and you think you'll never get to thank them. And so, and, and I've had the experience where I've been able to thank like so many of my mentors and, and people I've even, I'm a huge, if you, you're you follow me on Instagram. So you probably know I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I've uh-huh. even had the opportunity to have Tom Brady reach out to me and I was able to reach back and like establish, you know, a little bit of a connection. So I'm just glad that people like you are out there encouraging people to do like what they really, really love, whether it's wrestling or music, because you've done both and you've been successful. As Uh far as I'm concerned, you've been tremendously successful as both. I I love your music. I mean, Dumb Bitch is one of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite too. It's fun. And I, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with your husband. No, I wish I wrote that. That That's such a great, (laughs) Amanda was it, is that her name? Shoot. I could go grab the CD and say, I still have the actual CD of it. Um, but it is one of my favorite songs cause it's just sassy and just, you know, it was pretty edgy too, because I, they were like, you really want to put this on there because it's going to have explicit lyrics. And I'm like, really bitches, explicit lyrics. I can't believe that. What? Uh, when I, I heard it, I just thought of Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. I don't like so, her. No, it's not I that I don't like her. Know. I love Jen Garner because I met her and I've talked to her and like uh, <laughs> I went up to her and I'm like, hi, I have a big crush on Ben, but I've never dated him because of what he did to you. And she was like, where do people like you that are young come from? And I was like, well, my mom <laughs> raised me, right? So I love her. J-Lo, I don't know her to, to really have form an opinion, but it's like, I sort of am like, ugh, because I like Jen and Ben together. But no, I, for, for everything, one thing I will say about her is... um actually my mentor's husband wrote that film she was in uh, enough where she uh, plays like a battered woman yeah, and I've he seen told it. me she's a very strong woman who's been looking for love her whole life so maybe this is it I don't know I wish her the best she is she has empowered tons of women and girls I'm yeah. just not one of them that's all it's it no, not- no, I get it I you know I love Jennifer Garner too and it's like it's just interesting I don't follow um, this is where we have our show gall, but Val is yeah, I was so gonna bring that up. Gossip <laughs> and all the things. And I'm like, I never know who's dating who, who's doing <laughs> what. I don't know. I I'm just trying to make sure that my son, you know, is doesn't run like get, you know, he was running around in the snow all day today because it was crazy. You know, I'm just trying to make sure he doesn't do anything <laughs> crazy and like break an arm or anything. So um point is is that I've always I think I've followed JLo's whole career. So she just has a very inspiring story. And I think that, um, I think it's a very empowering story for a lot of people who want to make it and, um, you know, what it goes through. Cause I think she slept on, uh, when she first moved to New York, she was sleeping in her, uh, mm-hmm. where they were training, wherever her school was, she was sleeping on the cot or whatever there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think she's fabulous and she's like 50 and she looks amazing. Oh yeah. With Jennifer sure. Aniston. I mean, I look at Jennifer Aniston and I love her. I think she's an incredible actress and I'm just like, but her skin is flawless. And I just want, I just need to know what the secrets are. That's all I need. Their miracle water is what have you seen yourself. <laughs> You're gorgeous. I, you know, zoom has a beautiful little filter so I can. <laughs> no, but you are, you are gorgeous Thank and you. you're in amazing shape. Like I know you have, um, the the female um the, the fitness stuff why am i forgetting the Her name of legacy it? yeah that's my it husband and I, we have the legacy sups which we have um the men's line it's is for women sups. her legacy is the women's line we have a cbd line now we have a wellness line which is like reds and greens and you know all kinds of stuff but yeah it's it's going really well like we launched mm-hmm. it or my husband launched it originally right before i got let go at the beginning of the year and then um i launched the women's line after I left WWE and the growth just in the le- like the year has been remarkable considering, you know, the pandemic. I'm so great. Like, so grateful. Just like, let me knock on this wood ceiling here. But, um, but yeah, I just, it's amazing to see. Cause it's not something that I ever thought you always hear like, Oh, the fitness realm is very oversaturated and it is, but at the same time, it's like, it is our lifestyle. And I've just, I've spent a lot of money on nutrition and supplements and stuff. So I'm like, 
yeah, it's, it's, but it's doing great. So I'm happy about that. So where can people who are listening, who don't know about it, where can they find it? I mean, I know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You can go to legacysups.com is the main site and it pretty much has everything there. And you can, uh, it's all in my Twitter. So you can go to, or you go to mickeyjames.com and you can find everything as well through there somewhere. Maybe Some people day. were asking random question. Um, if, I mean, your husband is retired, though his career went out the door on the show, but I mean, he might come out of retirement. I don't know. Some people were asking if you would like ever be interested in collaborating with, uh, with Nick, like in the wrestling world, having a storyline. Um, yeah. We've been doing stuff uh, at NWA together and just doing some stuff and just playing more like husband and, and wife role because Obviously I was helping with the women's division and helping with empower there at NWA, but um, yeah, I think if it makes sense, it would be fun to do. We've been really fortunate because our careers haven't uh, aligned a whole lot. We've mostly are both of our careers. We've done it, you know, just as our own. And um, I think the cool thing is, is he's done so much and it's, you know, to do it without me beside his side. And he's done like some of the best body of his work you know, with the 10 pounds of gold and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I hate, it's almost like, well, it's, it's different for us because of, you know, I have been successful and stuff on a different level um, than it is a lot of couples as if they're just doing it together, you know? So it's just like, I would never want to come back and like step on toes. And I don't know, it just gets this weird. I think he, he works so hard and he is so good to be like the standalone kind of star and, you know, so if it feels right, then yes, but he doesn't need me out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, I hate to, you know, bring up Chelsea again, but like Chelsea and Matt are sort of like that. They can come together, but they have sort of their own thing. And right. then when you see, you see somebody on WWE who's so talented, like uh, Maurice, who's kind of in the shadow of her husband. And it's like, no, I want to see her. Like she's badass. She looks amazing. She's had two babies yes, and she's not... Incredible. She's not bad on the mic. Like she's great. Personally, I think it's funny because I, I speak French also. So when I like I get the accent and everything. And then yeah. I'm watching this and I'm like, no, I want to see her come out of it. And like, so now they brought in Beth Phoenix, but I don't know if I think that's the best fit for her. Like, I mean, we'll see, but I like I just I want to see more women like just not being associated with a man, just like boom, like just do it. And Maurice in the yeah. beginning, she was. She was like the first woman to climb a ladder or whatever on WWE. That's a big Mm -hmm. deal, but you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily obsessed with the way they book things over there. I think the independent circle is a little bit more like impact and NWA has more like the storylines are more gritty and more interesting. They give the women more, you know, opportunities to shine on their own. And I think it's kind of sad when you see women's wrestling cut to like two minutes with all the work that you uh you know amy duma and trish stratus have put in to like push the women it's sad to see it i wish it never happened oh it does suck when it happens of course it always sucks when it happens and i will say i don't know i like the maurice and miz together because they're so they complement each other very well and i also think that the whole um, manager role is like a bit of a lost art because like so many people, they want to be able to, to be everything, you know, but that manager role to be able to get that much, to garner that much heat and to be able to want to see people have stuff dumped on you and then to have this awesome moment for Beth to come back and she looked fierce at AF. I love her. I love her too. Um, yeah. So it's cool to see them come back and kind of do this whole thing. And then I saw like another thing. Um, saying that they were the first two women to go and be in the rumble in three different oh. eras of wrestling. I didn't know that. Kind of cool. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like it was on Twitter or somewhere. I saw maybe one of them retweeted it or something. Oh wow, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think that there's. Uh, it's interesting because it depends on like when you said like it's the role or the character that you're playing, whether you're going to be more of a chicken shit or not. Um, but. And obviously when you got the Glamazon coming out, I think that's a different, I think, except me, I'm not scared of her, but uh, a badass you know, woman people would be, she's a badass babe. She yeah. Is. She's gorgeous and, too. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I do think that that's the cool thing is that wrestling has grown so much. And also the expectations for women have grown. So 
now we are being afforded to be able to do all these new things that weren't, they were kind of reserved for the men before. And now they're not necessarily just reserved for the men as much anymore as um, instead it's more of it's who's, you know, the better, you know, the better person for that position or for that spot, uh, regardless of gender, which is a cool, like from main events to ladder matches or to, Texas death matches or different things like that, where, you know, there wasn't always that you would see a woman in those matches on television. You know, you might see it in some backyard bullshit wrestling, but you wouldn't <laughs> see it on television, you know, and now you're starting to see, see that and done the right way on television a lot more. And um, it's cool. It's cool to see what the women are capable of now too, because we have, I think they are doing so much more too. And the women have just gotten better and better because we've been allowed to do more and more. So, um, yeah. Is Is there like a released, any released female talent that you wish would maybe come and work at NWA or impact? Oh man. Um, God, there's so many, it's unfortunate because there's so many great talents coming. I mean, Athena right now, I guess because she still has a couple day, a couple. I don't know. I think it's thirty days left on her contract. Tony Storm. Um, I'd like to see Lana get another chance because she worked so hard. Lana, I love, I love her. Lana. I love her. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting that you say. I guess I just assumed that she. I just assumed that she would have went to AEW mm-hmm. um, with Mara because it seems and they're so great together. So. I don't know. <coughs> the one thing I that I popcorn tickle in my throat. <laughs> You're all good. The one oh. thing that I did like about that WWE did, and I there's not a lot lately. I'm like kind of like uh, with it, but they brought Mandy Rose into this like absolute bitch like territory, and she's not <laughs> like she's. I love Mandy. She yeah. has been so kind to me, and I was Mandy for Halloween, and I was pissed because she like retweeted that. And I got a lot of like really nice comments. And then of course, you know, you get some nasty comments and like she, she messaged me the other day because they missed her hat. Merry Christmas. And then she sends me this voice message and she's like, Merry Christmas. I never responded to DMs, but I love you. And like, she's the sweetest girl yeah. and I'm watching her on TV and she's a bitch. Yes. She plays a really good bitch. I'm buying it. And I think that her standard, like, she's got a beautiful smile. She's a beautiful girl. But I think her standard, like, when she's an expressive face, like, looking, she's got a really good resting bitch face, too. <laughs> I think, um, and with, let's be honest, like, a lot of women want to hate on her because she looks incredible. She's beautiful. She's talented. She works her ass off in the gym, and she looks like a million dollars. And we we have a society that we either are of the thing that we love and we like want you to win or we hate we don't yeah (laughs) we hate guts and we and you know and so there's a lot of people like that and so i think it's easier for her to just step into that role and embrace it and just be it whatever how do you deal with hatred i think I don't know because I'm. I think I'm a different school of thought, or maybe I'm just a little bit old school in the sense of I enjoy being a heel. I don't want. I didn't want to be one of those heels that were like, oh, but secretly cheer for me. Like I, if I'm supposed to be a bad guy, I want you to hate my guts. So if you if you booed me, I loved it. It was actually it meant I was doing my job. You know, if you're just like I don't know. So I don't. But as far as people who. I don't think that anyone on social media can genuinely form a real opinion on Mickey James, the human being. So I don't really let it affect me because this is why they can't form an opinion on Mickey James, the human being, because they don't know her. They know the character Mickey James on television. Mine, I'm a little bit different because my names, my names are the same. However, that's why I don't, that's, I think that's how I've always been able to get through it. Cause I'm just like, Oh, well, they're saying this about the character that I play on television, not about me because they don't know me, you know, like it's, if it was my mama or my sister or somebody <laughs> like that saying it, I, you know, I might be upset, but some, somebody that I don't know that I've never met that I may have shaken their hand. It doesn't matter what they think. Cause it, it doesn't matter what they think about me as you know what I mean? It does matter, but it doesn't at the end of the, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, no, I get it. I personally, I used to get so upset every time when somebody would say something to me. And then I was like, they're just looking at a picture of me on Instagram and like formulating this opinion. So I I try not to let it bother me, but sometimes it like, if somebody says like, you have a big nose or something, then I'll just be like, oh, I need to get a nose job. Like it's, I'm horrible with that. And you are so confident. And I'm like, how can I be like this? Like, do you look at their picture? Do you go look at their picture? Sometimes in half the time, it's like they have a picture, but you can't see anything. Like it's all private. Oh, right. I just think or it's like, so sad. It's like, oh, that's your immediate, like, I, I feel like it just kind of defines, which is, that's why I feel like I said, it's sad because I go like, oh, how sad is that person's life? That their immediate thought about anything is this negative thing, which shows how they feel about themselves even more because a lot of people who, um, they want to bring people down. It's easier to bring you down to their level than it is for them to try to rise to yours. If they are in that mentality, you know what I mean? So that's why I was like, but I I do often will, I'll look at, if it's a comment that really gets me where I'm like, Ooh, why would you say that? And then I go look (laughs) at them and then I'll go look at what they do before I block them. And I'm just like, Oh, it's so sad. Oh, it's sad. It's really, it really. And then I feel better about my life and then I block them. Well, I mean, you have so much to, to feel good about i mean you're again successful in like acting a successful musician successful marriage and amazing mom like what more do people want well you have a lot to be uh happy for and to pat yourself on the back for too and i think you're amazing and thank you for having me on and it's been awesome to get to know you even more here but thank you for staying on as long as you did i was just about to say i'm going to stop taking up so much of your time because you do have a son to give back to block all them haters (laughs) <laughs> I have really enjoyed chatting with you, but and especially that we didn't stay on this whole wrestling thing the whole time. It's been amazing to get to know you as a human, which I already sort of felt like you were just an amazing one. And I, I'm enjoying oh, getting to know you. you know. I've enjoyed chatting with you and I'll probably, you know, hit you up every once in a while and see how you are. Cause I think you are amazing. So thank you for doing my little crazy, silly show that I just do just to get to know people who are kind of in my industry and to bring them to other people who don't necessarily know who they are. So yeah. if anybody doesn't know you, they should go check you out on Spotify, on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And I will share all your socials on my, on the podcast page and on my page, which has way more followers. I don't know why. <laughs> so Very thank cool. you. Cause you're fun. Yeah. Oh. No, thank you. Congratulations too on all your success and stuff. It's like, it's well. cool to see. And it's cool that you have mentors and stuff like that, because you have to surround yourself with people who are better you like to keep growing and growing. And so, I mean, maybe one day soon I'll message you and be like, I finished the screenplay. That'll be really accomplishment. Yeah, no, you should. If it keeps calling to you, honestly, I'm like, if it keeps calling, there's a reason, you know, so there's a reason for everything. So I'm grateful that this happened because there's a reason for it and you changed my mentality. So thank you. And I absolutely adore you. So thank you so much. That was one of my absolute favorite interviews. And I feel like I've said this two or three times now. And the reason being is that when I talk to certain people like Mickey, they say things and those things speak to me in a very um, personal and unique way. So hopefully something she said will also speak to you in a very personal and unique way because she's a very talented uh, kind, strong-willed, confident woman who is genuinely cheering on all the other women who are trying to break into whatever industry they love. So I just want to say a huge thank you to Mickey for being on my show because, yeah, I mean, she is a legend and she has doesn't have to do this. So it's greatly appreciated. It was just announced that Mickey will be entering the Royal Rumble this year. It's, you know, wrestling entertainment, guys. Anything could happen. There's a slight, maybe, chance that she might take the Rumble and be the first woman to hold a championship in two different feds. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm open to that possibility. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably still a pipe dream. But I am not going to say never. Fun fact, Mickey James is the first woman to hold two titles at the same time because she was women's champion and divas champion at one point. So yeah, I'm just really grateful that she took the time out of her extremely busy schedule to come on here and talk to me and to, you know, talk to you guys, essentially. Um, You can check out her music on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music. And I'm going to link all that stuff on the page. Also check out her podcast, Gaw TV. It's a 
it's not really a podcast, I guess it's a video cast. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. Um, and also her supplements line. I will put all that information on the page for you guys. And so you'll know where to get it. And then you can, you know, share your feedback on the music, what you thought of it. And don't just share it with me, share it with Mickey. Let her know how amazing she is because she truly is an amazing human being. I know I said that I wasn't going to say anything else about Antonio Brown, but I don't have to say it because someone else whose name I'm not going to mention right now <laughs> said, um, said this earlier in the week. And I think that this says just about everything that needs to be said about Antonio Brown. You can't act like you're the shit on a team when Tom Brady's the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. And that, my friends, is coming to you via a man who says... I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. And also... Tom Brady's the goat. I said I was going to use those clips against him one day. (laughs) Um, Him being Tony Aller, who is one half of MKTO. And of course, you know their classic hit, you know, classic. And if you don't, you probably haven't been listening to the radio for like 20 years. Um... Speaking of, check him out on Twitch like every Wednesday and Sunday. Um, the time keeps changing. So <laughs> maybe give him a follow. You can follow him at follow Aller, F-O-L-L-O-W-O-L-L-E-R. And also uh, we are M-K-T-O, W-E-A-R-E-M-K-T-O. And uh, you can join his live streams. There's great music and even more laughter, even better laughter, I should say. Uh, this is like my 10th time doing this now. I forgot to say that if you're listening to this on the host website, you should really exit and go, you know, watch it. You listen to it on, um, you know, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, iHeart, whatever. All those links are there. So if you are listening to it on the host website, you mind like, you know, clicking onto one of those uh, apps and uh, just, you know, give it a listen for like 30 seconds. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> if you're listening to it on Apple or iTunes, whatever, I'm tired. I'm so sorry. Um, if, if you're listening to it there, leave a comment because Simon from the Extra Features podcast wants you to know that it helps. I still don't know how, but it does. As always, this podcast has been brought to you by the TB12 method, unofficially, of course. He has absolutely no idea. We are, however, officially sponsored by Michael Selberg Family Wines, which you can check out anywhere in the United States. And if you live in Canada, well, you're drinking bad wine. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't really drink very much, so I should, I have no, I shouldn't have an opinion on that. Um, I think I covered just about everything. I don't think I have anything else to say, which is weird because I always have something else to say, usually. But yeah, that's all. That's really all I got. Next week, it's just going to be me because as you know, I rotate between, you know, a guest and myself and then another guest. So if that's the case, maybe I will talk about, you know, football again, because <laughs> I mean, I started this thing, I think last year with the N- NFC championship game when Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, choked. So I might come back next week because, you know, this blonde can't talk about anything and chats, um, NFL odds, who's going to the Super Bowl, who's not. Maybe we can look back on that episode where I predicted the season and totally predicted, like I said, 17 and 0, but I really meant 16 and 0 <laughs> games for the Buccaneers. I'm so confused that they added, I don't know why they added an extra game. Tom Brady was right. That was so unnecessary. Anyway, I am rambling now. And when I do that, I I don't like the way it sounds. Before I leave, of course, I have to say hi, Bobby, to to my uh, most devoted fan and uh, lifelong friend, uh, Bobby, if that wasn't obvious. So I'm going to play you out with some Mickey James, one of my favorite tooth. It's called Dumb Bitch. You're dumb. Dumb.